Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Alan is such a cutie patootie. I think he's the unsung hero of the Barbie movie. He represents the Andrews of the world, like the good men that understand (laughs) women's struggles. That's the only thing you think he's representing? Well, and he's also (laughs) a gay icon, which we we know. We know. Welcome to Millennial, the home of pretend adulting and real talk. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. I'm Pamela. And I'm Chloe. Woohoo! Chloe's Woo! back. <laughs> Hi, y'all. Any reason why? Anybody want to take a guess why? We're going to talk about Barbie today. Because I'm the show's resident bimbo. No? <laughs> is, that, is that not why? But hey, we're reclaiming the word bimbo, right? Oh, it's reclaimed. Barbie yeah. can be anything. So, <laughs> bimbo Barbie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Besides the fact that we love Chloe, we're going to talk about Barbie today. And also, this girl dinner story trend blew up. So, we're going to talk about that too. <laughs> it's a show for the girls. And Andrew's there. I, I'm there. Well, the girls, the gays, and the theys. He falls into one of those true. three categories. So true. <laughs> that is a good line. But uh, I just wanted to hit on two other things really quick before we jump into talking about Barbie and the history of Barbie and what we thought of the movie. Quick update on a Ken, or is calling him a Ken generous? It might be too generous. Um, Donald Trump's classified no. doc trial starts May 24. It's not too generous? It, no, it's blasphemy. He doesn't deserve that. <laughs> I know. You're joking. All right. I was just trying to tie it together. <laughs> Justice for Ken for that comparison. He's a Mattel executive. If we're like giving him a Barbie (laughs) reference, he's that guy that slapped Barbie's ass. That's who Donald Trump is. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So Donald Trump's classified doc trial starts May 2024. This is pretty notable because Trump's lawyers tried to push the trial past the 2024 election. That is clearly now not happening. So this trial will be happening during peak election season, which is going to be really interesting to watch play out. And who knows? Maybe the trial will be all wrapped up before the election. And who knows what can of worms that opens up. But Well, happy birthday to you. Happy yeah. birthday. That's what I thought, too. Yeah. <laughs> Spending it. It starts days before my birthday, actually. I think it starts May 20th. 
Oh, the perfect timing. We all know how you pop mad boners for breaking news. I really hope that this works out well for all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll just spend my entire birthday watching the trial of Donald Trump on CNN. It'll be awesome. I was planning on traveling the world for my birthday, but no, I'm just I'm just going to sit at home and, and watch this trial. You got to stay at home with your CNN stallions <laughs> as opposed to sitting by the pool, which is the other option. Wait. I can watch it. Why not both? From the pool. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> we also have to remember that there are possibilities for trials in some other places like New York and Georgia. So there could potentially be more than one trial happening in 2024. And uh, who's, you know, who wants to bet that some of them will be happening at the height of the campaign? It just feels like such that's a shit inevitable. Show. It's going to be a shit show either Between way. Because... In the debates. Yeah. Yeah. Well, even though even though this is, you know, before the election, it's at the height of primary season. Yeah. So Republicans won't be nominating their candidate until later in the summer. So there will be things like debates going on at this point. Did you two, did you three, excuse me, already know <laughs> that there's a Republican debate next month? I did. No? I did know that. That was the first one. Yeah. I can't believe they're already starting. And you know what? I'll tell you something. I forgot until you just mentioned it, but I feel like they've had that in the books since last October. Yeah, because they like come to an agreement. Yeah. If you look at our editorial calendar, I'm pretty sure that we put like a little bookmark there. (laughs) Just in case. I think I purged it from my memory. (laughs) Okay. It's August 23rd. Who's going to be in this debate? Quite a few people. Trump. Well, actually, there's talk Trump might not show up um, because he's so far ahead. Yeah. DeSantis, Tim Scott, Nikki Haley, Chris Christie have appeared to meet the qualifications to attend the debates. Wait, what Uh, about the billionaire? Isn't the billionaire, isn't there a billionaire that's going to be? <laughs> she sits there and Googles, isn't there a billionaire? <laughs> no, there Probably. is. I don't, no, the only reason is because I was reading through the list and I was like, who the F is that? And why is, is he it, here? Oh, Vivek Ramaswamy? Yes. Oh, American yeah. entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nowadays, there's at least one billionaire running for a party nomination. So it's a safe bet. Even if you weren't sure. I mean, you have to have the money. So Mike Pence might not qualify. What? There's no way. (laughs) (laughs) He's polling so low. Well, we'll discuss this. It's August 23rd. It's happening. Um, Oh, oh, boy. I'm going to be home. I just realized. All right. Note to self. Don't go over sister's house that (laughs) night. (laughs) I will also be home, Andrew. And I cannot (laughs) escape it. So good for you. Chloe, Chloe, come watch debate with us. (laughs) No, you guys. Last week, my mom, she's on the phone with me. And like, I'm like ribbing her new one about Trump or whatever. And she goes, Chloe, I'm a mega girl. And I was like, I gotta go. I gotta hang up. I'm a mega girl. I'm a mega girl in a libtard world. Oh, Oh, my God. Can I say that? Is that too much? No, it's Um, good. It's excellent. Okay. All right. All right. So we got to move on, but we'll talk about it (laughs) next month. (laughs) Also, here's some good news. We talked about uh, strikes 
last episode, and I said that a UPS strike was very close to actually happening. Delivery drivers were potentially going to be striking. It was going to be very bad news for the delivery, uh, just getting packages around this country and the world. They had every reason to strike. We talked about how they don't have air conditioning in trucks. Well, now UPS and the union representing delivery drivers have reached an agreement to avert that strike. So that will now not be happening. It's a five-year contract. Members of the union will be getting major pay increases, including part-timers. There's going to be an eradication of a lower-paid class of worker and an agreement, like I said, to install AC units in delivery vans. So good stuff for them including big pay. That is so slay. Very interesting. It's super similar to the settlement they reached in their 1997 strike that we also talked about in our strike episode. Um, But this is a five-year agreement. So I guess we'll all be back here in 2028 to chat about the latest UPS strike. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, the AC units you put in the trucks, they suck. Can we get good ones, please? (laughs) Yeah. Well, obviously, the story of the week is Barbenheimer, but we're specifically going to be focusing on the Barb piece of that. We want to chat about Barbie today. We've all seen the movie at this point, so I thought we could do a little quick spoiler-free review, share our thoughts on the movie, and then we're going to get into some Barbie talk with Chloe because she is our resident Barbie expert. Chloe, do you want the honors? Sure. I actually brought my emotional support Barbie with me today for oh the God. recording. Oh, did you guys, did you not bring your emotional support Barbies or? I brought my Barbie popcorn bucket okay. that cost $33. Okay. That's fine. That's fine. I don't have my Barbies anymore, which is actually sad. I will honestly, when I meet Pam and Laura in real life, I will bring you both Barbies. I think that is just appropriate. I'll find a Barbie that looks like the two of y'all. Yeah, because there's Barbies like there's so many different Barbies. So that would just heal such a very specific part of my inner child. Because, you know, Barbie is so much more diverse in at 2023 anyway i digress please chloe tell us your thoughts i loved it i've seen it three times now and every single time i got something new from it i thought that overall it was about what it's what it is to be human which whoa barbie's so deep who saw that coming and beyond just being deep and like speaking on humanity and the difficulties of womanhood, which was like a huge, huge theme. It was also really funny and fun and just so meta as well. Like I was so shocked that Mattel would make fun of itself and Greta Gerwig just hit it so out of the park. And this is probably going to be one of my favorite movies of all time. I am so pleased with it. And as like a super fan of Barbie, there was so many moments in it. And I think we talk about this on MuggleCast and just as friends in general. When we love something, we want them to create a piece of art that caters to longtime fans and intense fans. And then also the person that's like, maybe this is their introduction. And it really did that so well. So that's like my quick, wow, this movie is awesome and go see it. 
I don't know if I can say anything better than that, Chloe. You kind of, you stated all of that perfectly, which isn't surprising given that you are a super fan, but I would just add on to that and agree as somebody who isn't a super fan by no means. I don't dislike Barbie, um, but it's, it's not like a core franchise for me in the way that like Harry Potter is, for example, but I really enjoyed the movie as somebody who could be described as more of a casual Barbie fan insofar as I played with Barbie when I was a little girl and I had so many universal experiences. I didn't realize this at the time, but now as an adult from talking with y'all, from talking with my other friends who played with Barbie, there are just a lot of parts of that experience that are universal, no matter who you are, where you're from, your societal class, your neighborhood, like it doesn't matter when you strip all of that away, there is just an essential part of the Barbie experience that hits for everyone who ever played with the toys. And I felt like this movie did a really great job of driving that home and acting as a great mirror to society (laughs) at the same time. And we'll chat about that in a little bit. I really um, like what Chloe had to say about how at the end of the day, this movie is about the human experience and specifically about the female experience. As soon as Greta Gerwig signed on, I, I had such high hopes for this movie. I think that she, if you look at her filmography from Lady Bird to Little Woman to Barbie, which is her latest release, she is just so good at unraveling what it means to be part of womanhood, what it means to be um, like to go through girlhood, what it means to be in a sisterhood. And she makes those stories that are really made for women to see themselves portrayed on screen, accessible to anybody of any gender. And I think that that is so beautiful to, um, you know, like scroll through TikTok and hear from people that do not identify as women, like, to hear their takes uh, and their takeaways from sitting through a movie that really kind of touched me more than I thought it was going to is so lovely. And that's just a testament to what a fantastic storyteller Greta Gerwig is. But yeah, like other than that, I think that this movie kind of has everything. It has so much heart. It's really funny. It's really deep. There's so many layers to the dialogue and the setting in the background. You can just tell that this was such a labor of love. And I think that that's why it's so enjoyable because when you put your passion into something that seeps out and it connects with everybody that goes to see it. And I think that that's why this has become such an instant hit. This movie has helped me understand film bros on a new (laughs) and exciting level. Yeah. So it's interesting. And that's kind of something I wanted to hit on. I went to a showing on Friday night and everybody was dressed up in Barbie pink or wearing like a a Ken floral button down. (laughs) I was just so surprised. It was like attending a film bro release, like a Marvel movie or uh, even just thinking back to Laura mentioned Harry Potter movies. It was like it felt like attending a Harry Potter movie release. Everybody was so excited. And on the point of it being 
a universal story. I totally agree with that. I was pleasantly surprised to see that my mom, my brother, and my dad are going to be going to see it this weekend. Um, and I think the word of mouth from last weekend is going to make this weekend's box office fascinating because everybody is, well, most people who are reasonable are raving about it <laughs> and it's gonna, it's gonna make people want to see it next weekend. So I can't wait to see how it does. Cause I think that's going to really drive the box office and final comment I'll make for now is that it, it, I was looking forward to it going in and it absolutely exceeded expectations like the music, the writing. It was a heartfelt story. Like you, you were holding back tears by the end of it. If you weren't crying, yeah. I cried at least twice. Yeah. <laughs> at least twice. <laughs> Maybe if I grew up playing with Barbies, it would be different, but I get where you're, where you're coming from. <laughs> and it, it really went in on everybody too. Like there's a lot of talk on the right about how it's just, um, you know, it's just critical of, of, of people on the right. It's critical of people of, on the left too. It's critical of Mattel. Like they yes. did not hold back. And Mm-mm. luckily Mattel let them do everything that they wanted to. Very self-aware too. Mm. And, and that is something that I appreciated because you're right. It would have been so easy to um, shy away from, the controversy that's always yeah. surrounded Barbie because uh, Barbie hasn't um, always been as universally beloved. Uh, she's faced a lot of criticism and that's understandable. But um, I think that the, the people that thought that Greta Gerwig was not going to address that probably were really satisfied with the way that she ended up doing that. Yeah, It was like she went inside my brain and then put it on screen. I was floored. And you're right. It's so meta. Like, I can't get over the fact that they broke the fourth wall so many times. The narrator part. Mm -hmm. And Mattel is really brave for... This is the first time they're... Like, Barbie, this IP is being used in this way. Um, And they trusted Greta to take it. And they were right to, obviously. They're making so much money. Mattel is laughing to the bank. Like, I can't even imagine, like, in terms of gross, what the Barbie movie sales are making, the merchandise sales, all the collaboration, which the brand had to pay for. Sell out Mm -hmm. within like five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. So they're doing, they're very happy about this for sure. Well, you mentioned a few minutes ago that watching the movie felt like Greta Gerwig got inside your brain. And I want to get inside your brain a little bit. Sure. And get... <laughs> it's a dark place. <laughs> a better idea of your... Is it like depression Barbie dark? or You know, it's so funny. My The content that I make and the reason I love Barbie so much is because I really focus on healing my inner child. And she's dark. She's had a hard time. And I realized like what brought me comfort. And this is common for folks who have PTSD, depression, anxiety, reverting back to what you loved as a child, right? And finding Harry Potter, for example, or Barbie and like leaning into that. Um, But I... I don't know if I'm exactly depression Barbie. She was so specific with her Pride and Prejudice BBC version <laughs> and the the Starburst like family size Starburst. I related, but it's really a family size Sour Patch watermelon bag and um <laughs> definitely like probably 
Well, PTSD Barbie, once they release that, let me know. That's me and my brain. Okay. But Mattel is going to have to pay you some royalties for that one, I'm guessing. For sure. Um, But I'm wondering if you can tell us a little bit more about your Barbie expertise. Sure. I also wanted to say, and I should have said this during my review, that I love every woman listening. And I'm proud of you. And you deserve everything good in this world. Because Barbie just made me realize how much I love women and how sisterhood is so important. Um, well, just reaffirmed. So I love you and you matter. Mm. But Thanks, Chloe. besides that, <laughs> I think that, I mean, I've been obsessed with Barbie for as long as I can remember. Um, the straight to DVD Barbie movies. This is not the first Barbie movie in case people didn't know. There is 42. Barbie movies that started being released <laughs> in 2001 with Barbie Nutcracker. And since then, I've been pretty much hooked. I have so many pictures of me as a child, like clutching my Princess Annalise Barbie doll. Um, and then also Barbie was created by a Jewish woman named Ruth Handler. There's quite a few references to Ruth in the movie. But once I figured that out, I was like, wait a minute, Barbie's Jewish. Hell yeah. So I got even more obsessed. Um, and now I collect Barbies and I create Barbie content. Um, and the best part about Barbie is that it's really truly like the female gaze. And it's always been the female gaze, which is why Ken doesn't really matter that much. And he's an accessory to Barbie, which is like a big part of this movie. And also the Kens in the Barbie movies before the live action are perfect. There's one Ken named King Dominic that tells his Barbie, go travel the world. I'm going to give you this ring. And after you travel the world, come back to me. I'll be waiting for you. And he waits for her. Like she gets to go live and do her career and travel the world and then have her man waiting for her at home. Like ideal, perfect female gaze. Um, and now flipping the and script. <laughs> literally. And Mattel just like owned my childhood with Barbie. And then I graduated to American Girl. And if I'm honest, I'm still there. So. <laughs> and because you're such a big fan and we'll plug your Barbie content because you. you share a lot of really good content on TikTok and Instagram, and we can provide links to that in the show notes. But because of that, you were invited to a screening, right? So you got to see the movie a little bit early. Uh, this was very much like a, oh my gosh, moment for me. I cried actually when I got invited just because like it was... I like it was kind of just a dream come true. I got invited through a friend of a friend because they saw my Barbie content and was like, "Ooh, we have a spot open for this DC like content creator, like notable important people pre-screen." Um and it was so much fun. There were no ads, which was crazy. Like the movie started the perfectly yeah, on great. time. And I was like, what is going on right now? Um, Sometimes they even give you free popcorn. Did they so, give you yes, free popcorn? We got okay, that's free popcorn nice. and the $30 <laughs> for free um, <laughs> box <laughs> and like a poster and a lot of other things. But everyone was dressed up and it was truly just the girls, the gays and the days, and also a few like famous DC drag queens, which was cool. Um, 
There was also themed drinks. I'm pretty sure there were alcoholic ones, but those you had to buy. I'm sober, so I, I don't know. But it was so epic and a dream come true. I dressed as Cowgirl Barbie. Fun fact, I literally almost replicated the costume with things that I already had in my closet. So I don't know what that says about me. <laughs> but it was pretty perfect. It says exactly what we would expect, I think. <laughs> sure, yeah. Sure. <laughs> I was going to say, that doesn't surprise me at all. I mean, I've seen your Barbie outfit videos on TikTok <laughs> where you have like 15 different Barbie outfits that you construct from things you already own. Lauren, Pam, did you try to experience Barbie alcohol drinks? Because my bar had one. I didn't actually get it, though. It was like vodka and pineapple and something else. But it was pink, too, of course. My theater d- doesn't sell alcoholic drinks. Boo. So no. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the theater that I go to is just kind of shitty. So it didn't have any, any of that. <laughs> <laughs> well, the movie definitely taught a lot of us about some Barbie history. Um, but I have to imagine that there is a lot of maybe history that went over most casual fans heads. So I'm wondering if you can go a little deeper with us about the history and the cultural significance of Barbie. Barbie was really the first of her kind in America. We learned this in the film, but baby dolls were the norm and women were really only allowed or really only could play mother. And Barbie as a fashion doll, when she was introduced girls could dream about what they could be besides a mother, right? Which was like kind of revolutionary at the time. Barbie launched in 1959, obviously a very, very different time in America. And for women, women weren't allowed to have credit cards. Like that's something that blows my mind every time I think about it. Um, But Barbie was actually based on a German sex doll. I'm going to like pretty much she was based on a german sex doll named lily who was really a toy for men which is interesting to think about like a little you know 12 inch 16 inch doll being for men but she pretty much looks exactly like the original barbie and i like put some photos in our slack and i will also share um in our discord in a moment but that was the inspo. And in the beginning, Barbie was really all about the clothes. Like she was technically a fashion model. That was her job. So you bought the one Barbie doll, which was actually cheaper than the clothes that you bought for her. And the original clothes were like so precise. They had zippers and like they were basically little tiny well-made outfits. Um, Obviously, Ruth Handler created it. We talked about her. She named the doll after her daughter, Barbara. And when Ken was introduced in 1961, he was named after her son. So Barbie and Ken are technically named after a brother and sister. A little weird, considered Ken was introduced as Barbie's boyfriend. But his title has changed through the years. Barbie and Ken have broken up. They've gotten back together. They've been friends. They've been together again. And now they're in their friends era again. So their relationship has changed. Yeah, it shifts. So Barbie and Ken are in a friends era right now. They are in a friends era, according to the Barbie movie and a few of the doll releases and also Barbie vlogs. 
So if you would like to go to the Barbie YouTube, she creates vlogs and YouTube videos where she talks about her feelings. And Ken is also her friend in those. Interesting. Okay. Well, there were also some lesser known, lesser recognized characters introduced in this movie, like Alan and Midge. <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit about them? Midge was the highlight of the movie for I, me. Yes. Okay. Well, so Midge was so funny to me because obviously they, they made fun of her because she was like the pregnant doll. But Midge was actually introduced in 1963 and she was not pregnant. She was just Barbie's friend that was like. Oh, okay. Yeah. So the pregnant doll, though, like like the pregnant iteration of Midge that happened in the 90s. Right. Because I remember that story. Yeah. And so I think that like not to talk over whatever you're going to say, but I think that the reason why they decided to put her in as pregnant Barbie is because they knew that it would be mostly millennials that would be excited mm. about this movie. And that's like such a huge touchstone. Like I vividly remember that news story and adults talking about pregnant Barbie. So I, I like, I wouldn't be surprised if that's why they did that. No, but yes, you're like, so right. you know, justice for Midge, of course. <laughs> and I think yeah. like have not knowing anything about Midge and, and Barbie lore going into this, I totally understand and quickly picked up on the joke because right. they set it up well. So whether or not you did know, um, it still worked. But I mean, yes, I would have assumed that mi- pregnant Midge was from further back than the 90s. So... Pam, you bring up a really good point about it being geared to millennials. And I'll like extend that to zillennials, I guess. And like, we were the audience, right? Because all the references they made, except for like the much older ones, were really for us. (laughs) They were for- Down to the clothes. Yes, exactly. So no, that's a really excellent point. Alan is such a cutie patootie. I think he's the unsung hero of the Barbie movie. He represents the Andrews of the world, like the good men that understand (laughs) women's struggles. And like- That's the only thing you think he's representing? Well, and he's also (laughs) a gay icon, which we- we We know, we know. Um, uh, But, you know, he's Ken's buddy. That's how he was introduced. And the whole idea was like, he fits in Ken's clothes. Um, And we were all like, (laughs) okay. And they were roommates. Exactly. (laughs) Right, right. Yeah. How do we know he fits in Ken's clothes? Exactly. (laughs) So um, I loved Alan. I thought Michael Sarah did such a good job. He was great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I loved him. Definitely a favorite character, oh, but for sure. it's hard to pick just one from this movie because there, there are some standouts for sure. The cast was stacked. Oh my God. So good. So good. So there were obviously, based on what we're just talking about, a ton of Easter eggs in the movie. Um, I have to ask you, though, Chloe, how many Easter eggs were in the movie for diehard fans? Because I feel like people like me might have missed a whole lot. And I'm curious to know what I need to be looking out for when I see it again. So Dua Lipa was obviously a mermaid Barbie, right? Like she comes up with a purple, a pink and a blue wig. She's a reference to actually a newer Barbie movie, which I was surprised that they included that. I originally thought she was going to be a reference to an older Barbie mermaid, of course, but she was a reference to mermaid power, which is a 
2022 uh, Barbie movie, but it's still very good. And people are dragging Dua Lipa for her wig, but it's because that's what the Barbies look like. Um, There was also Earring Magic Ken, which Weird Barbie points out, right? Weird Barbie points at Sugar Daddy Ken, which is obviously Andrew's favorite right (laughs) yeah and you know what honest to god i hadn't looked at this list and i went googling for ken dolls when you were talking about um getting laura and pam uh, barbie but um not me i will buy you ken get him cock ring ken (laughs) yeah i do i do want that but i also see in the list here sugar daddy ken and i was like oh i like that one i need to look at um sugar daddy ken and earring magic ken might be really expensive but if it's around a hundred dollars i'll swing it for you no i'm just kidding you don't have to buy me an expensive barbie yeah they're going on ebay for like three hundred dollars earring magic ken is also known as gay ken like obviously alan is a gay icon but this is actually like he was taken off the shelves because the gays were like that's a gay ken he's wearing an earring and he actually (laughs) has like what looks like a cock ring necklace on. Yeah. <laughs> it is like blatant. <laughs> oh my and God. I was obvi- I was sitting next to um a gay man named Michael and he was like, oh my God, cock ring Ken. When he came out, he like couldn't keep it in. It was so funny, but that's a 1993 Barbie. Obviously Sugar Daddy Ken. Growing up Skipper, I don't know if either of you like knew Growing Up Skipper, but oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I remember. Uh-huh. <laughs> Boob growth Barbie. Um, hilarious. And again, this points to like them making fun of themselves. Barbie and the Magic Pegasus was the only like super in the background one that I found. And it's a pe- there was a Pegasus statue um, next to the beach, I'm pretty sure. And that was a reference to Barbie and the Magic Pegasus, which was a movie that came out in 2004. Um, so that made my Zillennial heart really happy. I was expecting them to reference a few more of the Barbie movies. Um, but they also, and I put this later in the doc, but I'm going to move it up. They also reference Bratz, which oh. is crazy. I think Bratz was Bratz was obviously popular from like 2001 to like 2010, but Sasha, who is Gloria's daughter and like the youngest female main character, she's named Sasha after a Bratz. And when you go to the lunch table scene, right when she calls Barbie a fascist, she talks to her friend Jade, which is also a name of the original Bratz dolls. And Sasha nickname with Gloria is Bunny Boo, which is also Sasha's nickname in Bratz. And she also wears like trendier, cooler clothes. So I think just Sasha in general is like a nod to the Bratz and their feud, which is ongoing, by the way. (laughs) Ongoing. I didn't know that. The Barbie cinematic universe. Oh, Bratz also... (laughs) snapped back like clap back at barbie they created a tiktok where they're like oh my gosh we're so excited for the premiere and they're getting ready and they're going to amc and they're like isn't everyone so excited to see oppenheimer it was so funny (laughs) bratz was created by a former mattel employee Mm -hmm. also a jewish person (laughs) well so i'm starting to see why there's some tension here that is interesting i had no idea about the barbie and uh, 
what, how was it they used to say in the commercial? Brat. Like there was <laughs> yeah. always that like little glottal stop in there. I wanted a brat stall <laughs> so bad because I thought they were so cool. And I think this is the experience of many young girls like around my age or a little bit older. But my mom was like, Chloe, they look like sluts. What are you going to do? Wear that? I'm like, okay. <laughs> Never mind, mom. The Barbies, <laughs> but the Barbies looked better when the brats came out to a lot of people because the Barbies were like classier and they were more. Yeah, they look classier. Yeah, mm-hmm. Brat. Yeah, Brats leaned into the nineties. And then 90s Barbie wear. was upset because Brats were taking their money. So Barbie created my scene, which was like sort of. Um, like a rival, I guess. But then they started suing each other. It's a lot of tea and there's a lot of history, but <laughs> I loved that they referenced Bratz. I thought that was really well done. They need to do a movie. You know how they did Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice? They need to do Bratz versus <laughs> Barbie, Dawn of Dolls or something. They did already <laughs> actually have a Bratz live action movie and it is very good, but it is not as good as the Barbie movie. So that's interesting. Maybe we'll get that in a sequel. <laughs> I would love that Barbie land versus Brad. They don't get long. They don't (laughs) get along enough to (laughs) make something together. It would be chaotic. Uh, I like how Chloe's like that. Bratz the movie was very good. I'm looking on Rotten Rotten Tomatoes. Ten percent with eighty reviews. (laughs) Ten percent. I thought it was good. They're grumpy critics. What do they know? Critics weren't the key demo. We will discuss the pushback to the Barbie movie and a lot more. But first, a quick break. We'll be right back. While we're talking about people who don't like these types of movies, I want to chat about some of the pushback on this movie and specifically people hating on this movie who clearly didn't understand it. And I've got a point that I think Andrew and I are going to feud about here. Um, I did not walk away from this movie feeling like men are stupid was the message. To me, that was not the message. That is not the message, but it's a small message in the movie. I thought they played into men being stupid for comedic effect. I'm not mad about it. Nobody should be mad about it. But while I was watching this movie, I found some things when it came to men pretty relatable. I don't have specific examples ready, but I just remember thinking that while watching the movie. Men can be stupid. And I also think about the Mattel executives. Like Those were all guys on purpose, right? By design. Boardrooms, C-suite level, it's, it's always filled with guys. And those guys were idiots. I felt like that was more of a critique of capitalism, (laughs) which is run by men. (laughs) Yes. But the idea of like men running a company whose biggest selling toy is a doll made to look like a woman is probably just a commentary on how men police women's bodies in real life. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying it was just that. Just hating on men, calling men dumb. But I I think it was an angle. Well, I think that this is just like a deeper philosophical question about the way our world works (laughs) rather than Barbie. But for the first time ever, men are watching themselves be written the way women have been written in media 
since the beginning of film and television. Women have always been the accessories. We've a lot of the time been the comedic relief, um, the comic relief. Women are the counterpart to men and they usually exist to further the woman's plot. And Barbie did the reverse, right? So men for the first time are facing the uncomfortable truth of how they've been portraying women. That being said, Greta Gerwig still did better than so many of the movies of the past because Ken had a character arc. He had a storyline. Barbie apologized to Ken, which is crazy because Ken was really awful to Barbie and Barbie still apologized to him. And the point of the movie at the end was that Ken isn't an accessory and is his own person. And women certainly weren't given that privilege in how many movies. So I think there, I don't know if it was man hating, but I think for the first time, and this is true of the entire movie, we see the roles reverse in Barbie land. Yeah. yeah. And definitely not men hating. And like I said, at the top of this discussion, this goes hard on lots of different types of people, you know, Mattel men. It's like, it, it was the right, the left. It, it, it was refreshing in that way. It was. And I agree with what Chloe said. I would add that all of the characterizations in this movie were hyper characterizations of traditional gender norms as we all know them. So in Barbie land, we get the script flipped, right? Where it's a society that is entirely run and basically owned by women. The women are the ones that have the good jobs. The women are the ones who are educated. The men are the ones who are the accessories in the women's lives. And we get the script flipped again when they go to the real world and realize that's not actually real life. So in a way, I felt like the movie was holding up a mirror to all of us Mm. and showing us these disparities. And what I will say that I think this movie did a good job of and what I think some of these critics are missing is that you were supposed to feel sorry for Ken. (laughs) Like, I genuinely felt sorry for him. I felt empathy towards him. He was clearly ignorant, but that ignorance wasn't his fault because he was created to be ignorant. He was set up to fail. Mm -hmm. And that was what I thought was really beautiful about the way the portrayals were done in this movie, is it wasn't just oh, ha, ha, men are stupid. There is some of that, of course, but there's a deeper message there about this is what has happened, not only in the portrayal of women, but to women in society when they're denied opportunities for education and certain levels of employment, levels of access, the ability to be in positions of power and influence, what happened to the Kens, like the representation you see of the Kens is what happens to women. It's what happens to women. And I think one reason why this story seems to be universally beloved is because no matter who you are, you still know people who have gone through that, whether it pertains to race, sexuality, mm-hmm. where you live, and the list goes on. So 
I mean, something that was so beautiful that came out of the Barbie movie is women on social media really like bearing their souls, myself included, after the movie to speak on the experience of girlhood, womanhood, what it's like to go about the world as um, a feminine person. Like it was the solidarity that I felt was amazing. And Barbie's really questions like, is she good enough? And so does Ken. Like they both question, am I enough? Like, and the hardest part is, is like, they're both stereotypical Ken and Barbie, right? They're the original Ken and Barbie. And this idea that they just exist as dolls and they exist to look a certain way and they exist to be a representation of a human and a man, whereas all the other Kens and Barbies have jobs and have a more distinct role. And the idea that women and men have to be extraordinary or have to want more, to be more, and that we never feel like we're enough was like so moving and something that like, that's what made me cry. I mean, plenty of things made me cry, (laughs) but I would just say it's funny because I think that like women watching that particular point get made probably are just sitting there nodding and thinking like, yes, preach, of course, because like we're in a lot of ways, we're allowed to to feel more emotion mm-hmm. than men are. Oh, and yeah. I think that the reason why men, some men are so uncomfortable with regards to like how masculinity is portrayed in the Barbie movie is because they're not allowed that same privilege in society. You know, like even down to like the idea that like, Ken would be so in love with Barbie that he's like constantly pursuing her, but like never in a disrespectful way. The fact that that rubs some men the wrong way is a commentary on society and how certain pockets of society deem that to be emasculating. Like, how dare you show interest in a woman? But there's like no problem if like a woman is like, actively pursuing or like in love with a man for years like that's expected is expected for women to dote you know so i think that like that too is really fascinating to me yes ken was respectful in his pursuit of barbie but he also never took no at face value like she said no every single time and he just kept trying even mm -hmm. like in that final moment where she finally is like, Ken, be yourself. He, (laughs) he tries to, you know, he tries to be, he tries to date Barbie and like, it's just tough. Like it's, it's still not okay. Even if he does it respectfully. Yeah. So any other commentaries on the movie, Chloe, I think you had a couple of things that you felt like were lacking from the movie. Cause we're, you know, we're we're fair and balanced here at the show. I mean, I so. really only have like <laughs> one thing, which is funny. Um, I will say, like, I think that this movie, because y'all talked about aging filters, I think a couple episodes ago, maybe was that last episode? Um, yeah. Last episode, yeah, y'all talked about 
age, like aging filters and AI, um, and how especially women, but men and women are so scared of aging. We're told like we can't age and Barbie doesn't age. And this movie like kind of made me reframe that and made me excited to age, which I should have already been, but you know, we all have a moment where we realize like it's a privilege to get older and a privilege to have that opportunity. And it was so beautiful. Um, I do have one issue and it's how they dressed the only plus size main Barbie, which was lawyer Barbie. It was so stark. The difference between what she was wearing and what the typical like straight size Barbies were wearing. Also, there was like six main Barbies that like were, I guess, stereotypical Barbies, like closest friends. And they were all like size. I mean, they were all very thin. And then there was one Mm -hmm. plus size Barbie. And as someone that like, I just wanted the in-between because I wanted to see myself. And I think a lot of people feel that way. (laughs) But I was like, "Uh, where's mid-size Barbie? Where's size eight Barbie? Like, why is it like you have to be plus size? And that's the one representation because they were like, oh, we're checking a box here. And then the rest are going to be thin. And then they made her have a less exciting wardrobe. And it's tough for me because it, it just feels like they covered her up so much more. So I, I just rubbed me the wrong way. And a lot of, a lot of this movie felt like, yes, they're doing such great things for diversity, but also maybe are they just checking the boxes? Yeah, I can see that. I mean, the, the Barbie that you're talking about, the plus size Barbie, um, Andrew just shared a picture in our discord, but you can see this throughout in her costuming. Mm there's never a point where she's just allowed to wear a dress or a skirt without obviously wearing leggings under Mm -hmm. it. Like they're making sure to keep her very covered up. And that may have been a costume department decision. It could have even been the actress's preference. Even we can't really know exactly why, but I agree. It it would have been nice to see somebody who was just comfortable. (laughs) I'll just add here quickly, I I mentioned this to Chloe and Pam before we recorded today, but I was honestly a little surprised um, that there wasn't more queer representation in this movie. And I know what you're thinking, uh, because Chloe said (laughs) the same thing to me, like, was Alan not enough for you? Um, I mean, was, you know, some there were there are some very flamboyant parts of this movie. I'll beat you off. (laughs) (laughs) yeah but i think the thing about it that struck me as funny is it it was all coded and like very subtextual there was not any kind of overt reference to queerness and given that so much of this movie is wrapped up in identity it was just a little surprising to me that we didn't get something like that. I was truly expecting for, you know, a Barbie to say, you know what? I don't want to be with Ken. Actually, I don't want to be with a Ken. 
I want to be with another Barbie I or something like that. I would have loved that. Yeah. Just I was surprised one, that didn't happen. Just like one line like that. And typically we hate throwaway lines, but this movie does such a good job with representation in other ways that I think um, they could have done that. And then they could have focused on something like that more for a sequel, which inevitably there will be. Love, love that idea. I will say there is no precedent for a lesbian or gay Barbie that is out. We have Earring Magic Ken, we have Alan, right? We can make assumptions here, but there's no Barbies that are explicitly queer. And this movie completely really actually like stayed within these are the Barbies that have been released before. None of the Barbies that you see in the movie, like they all have a doll. They all have a counterpart that was sold. Um, so that could be part of it. I guess weird Barbie, maybe not. Now well, weird Barbie made. is being sold. But yes, weird weird yeah. Barbie is made by... <laughs> she's a collaboration project. Exactly. <laughs> yes. yes. We all made weird Barbie. Yes. <laughs> True. But there are non-binary Barbies. So there wasn't a reference to those Barbies, um, which would have been cool. But yeah, I mean, that's something for them to improve on. Mattel has done a really great job at diversifying their doll collection. They have different body types. They have different heights now. They obviously have so much diversity in terms of ethnicity and race and look overall. There's so many, like there's so much diversity there. I mean, a doll with a Barbie doll with Down syndrome that was created in collaboration between Mattel and women with Down syndrome was released this past year. Like that is amazing. And Barbie through Mattel had a renaissance in like the mid 2010s. Um, But they can always do better. And I think that this movie is going to push them to do better because there's obviously going to be another Barbie renaissance and resurgence because of this. So, yeah. And money at the end of the day. Yes, it's like bottom line, right? Mattel, like <laughs> do, doing better also pays off at the box office. So mm-hmm. <laughs> before we move on here, because we are going to be talking about girl dinner in a moment, but I wanted to ask what, other live action high profile Mattel properties do we want to see adapted next? So I want to do the magic eight ball. And basically it's just a movie where every decision they make is guided by the magic eight ball. So they give it a roll. (laughs) And then the first decision that it says, yes, they're doing it. They're, I don't know, traveling to some exotic country or something like that. Or should I ask this person out? No. Oh, that's it. I just had to say no to the love of my life. You know, something like that. I think that could be a fun I love that idea. I love that too. Mm -hmm. Think about how complicated it can be because it doesn't just answer yes and no, right? There's also like an unclear answer. Right. You ask the question. Right. (laughs) The ask again later. Oh my gosh. Ask again later. I just said American Girl dolls like Chloe's also a really big fan of American Girl. Um, they obviously exist in different timelines. And I do know that some of them do have their own straight to DVD movies that have been released. <laughs> but like maybe it could be some kind of like tra- time traveling adventure where they all have to like link up to save the world or something. Love. I don't know. Or they have to Pam. save one of them. I'll be an investor. I'm obsessed with this idea. (laughs) 
Oh my goodness. Get them all in one place. That would be incredible. I have nothing to add. That's Mattel, hire us. Yeah. Please. No, that's so good. I did love the straight to DVDs. I'm a straight to DVD girly. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I love all those bad movies. The Barbie <laughs> to American Girl, straight to DVD Barb, pipeline. Uh, Bratz the movie. Bratz, yeah. Barbie, all the American Girl. The Lion King, um, one and a half. Oh, so good. <laughs> I forgot that movie even existed. Um, <laughs> I was just going to say, Doug. I Remember love the Doug. classic yeah. cartoon. It's, Apparently Mattel owns Doug. Yeah. Or owns at least the rights. They did a Doug toy. She's referring, Lori's referring to the Nickelodeon show, but they yeah. did a Mattel, Mattel did a toy. It's true. So Chloe, where can people find you online to get more of this Barbie content? You're going to stick around, but let's hear where people can follow you. You can follow me on Instagram and TikTok. It's just at Chloe Laverson, my name. And I actually have a YouTube channel in the works. So stay tuned for that as well. Yeah, I'm going to do deep dives on Barbie and Harry Potter. I'm so excited. I have too much to say. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Chloe. And we will discuss girl dinners and that trend. But first, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. So from one big trend on the internet to another, we wanted to talk about girl dinner this week. This has been taking off like wildfire over on TikTok. So I, in preparation for this, I just Googled girl dinner to see what everybody has been saying about it outside of TikTok. And the New York Times did a really nice little feature about what this is at the top of this month. (laughs) They actually also (laughs) tracked down like the person who originated girl dinner, which at this point I've been scrolling through TikTok for so long that I, I have like no, I had no recollection of like who had actually started this trend. But um, it turns out it's this person by the name of Olivia Marr. And I had in fact seen her TikTok. She posted this uh, little rant, if you will, about how, you know, like in medieval times, it was the poor people that would just survive off of bread and cheese and fruit and how that (laughs) that was like you know just meant for peasants but that she feels like that's the ideal meal and I think Mm. a lot of people could relate and thus girl dinner was born she also said in this interview and I feel like Chloe specifically will love this that she actually was out on a hot girl walk with a friend when girl dinner was born between the two of them she said Um, we love eating that way. It just feels like such a girl dinner because we do it when our boyfriends aren't around and we don't have to have what's a quote typical dinner essentially with a protein and a veggie and a starch. And instead, you know, they can just have a meal of bread and cheese and call it a day. So that's essentially the, um, idea behind girl dinner in a nutshell. It's basically just like a snack plate that you throw together with very little planning, whatever's in your pantry, whatever your heart desires. Since then, it's kind of taken off. And I feel like what girl dinner could be, kind of like the sky's the limit. Um, There are some very unhinged examples, which I personally relate to a lot, you know, ranging from anything like a fudge bar to a bag of popcorn. That's my girl dinner of choice. Yeah. So it could really be anything as long as you don't have to do a lot of meal prep or planning. It's basically a small snack for dinner. 
Right. But like I mean, a huge, well, like a big enough portion to like a big fill portion. you though. Like, okay. Well, yeah. Because like, you're not going to have like, maybe like a snack of crackers and cheese is like three crackers with cheese. Right? So a bunch. Okay. So a but bunch like, of little things yeah. to create dinner. Okay. Well, yes. Dinner can be whatever you want it to be. <laughs> okay. I'm living for New York times hitting us with the, the hard hitting news. Um, they're doing and the Lord's best work. time to think is on a hot girl walk. Okay. So. That, that this just proves it. Good thing we included that in the millennial adulting <laughs> planner that right. our bay and executive producer patrons have. Nice. <laughs> I think one of the, the other questions that came up when we were talking about girl dinner is why this is a woman centric thing. And I think that this ties back to a lot of what we were saying when we were talking about Barbie. Uh, you know, gender norms are not gender norms are dumb, but they're still really heavily, you know, relevant to today's society, unfortunately. A lot of women are expected to do the cooking and the cleaning up after. But, you know, for something like girl dinner to take off and for women to be celebrating this like little indulgent meal where they like don't have to do very much of anything, it kind of gives people an excuse that feels really liberating to eat whatever they want instead of having to, you know, sit there and prepare a recipe. I only make dinner for my boyfriend. Like for both of us, but when he's around, like I am motivated to make like a dinner, which I don't know what that says. I'm sure there's layers, but (laughs) like, I'm not going to take the time just for myself. Like I'd rather have a bunch of little snacks. Um, So when he's around, I do make like, you're right, a protein, like a starch, a vegetable, which is really interesting. I had me I, doing some self-reflecting. I think it, it does make sense too. I mean, just like when you have your boyfriend over, you it's like part of the routine of when he's over, mm-hmm. which can be good. And you have conversation around dinner. Of course, there's, you know, obviously there's mental health benefits to cooking just in that it can be relaxing. True. It can alleviate stress. I've said during ads we've done for like HelloFresh that like it's it's so nice. And this isn't something HelloFresh wrote. But for me, it's so nice to just do something that doesn't require looking at a screen like Legos. Like you you spend the whole day looking at the screen. It's nice to just cook, maybe listen to a podcast, maybe have conversation while you're cooking. Like there's a lot of benefits to it. The smell. I will happily cook breakfast and I will happily cook lunch for myself. But dinner. Like the you, second you ask me to cook dinner for myself, I'm like, oh, uh, yeah. End of the no. day, it's, it's it's not easy, and that's why HelloFresh is. <laughs> <laughs> What's our code? Do I we wish. have one still. Unfortunately, not. You got to go to MuggleCast for that. Um, <laughs> okay. But yeah, I, yeah. So I, I get where you're coming from. Similarly, I when I'm just here by myself. I'm probably going to make something very simple for me, like something I throw in the micro microwave and I'm done. I don't think I've done a girl dinner. Just I almost called it a hot girl dinner, but I guess it could be called that too. Oh, it could be a hot girl dinner. <laughs> it will be <laughs> nice. at some point. Um, I don't really do the girl dinner thing if it's like late at night, but that's just snacking. So whatever. You know, I have to, I think, out myself right now is maybe not fitting the total aesthetic of the girl dinner stereotype uh, because I rarely, rarely cook. I'm not a particularly great cook. I don't particularly enjoy doing it. 
Uh, Mark definitely does, I would say, 99.9% of the cooking in our household. Yeah, thank I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not mad about it. He's a great cook, so I am the beneficiary of that. But it was funny because when I was doing just some research before discussing this segment today, that point of view kept coming up, whether it was in articles or TikToks I was watching about girl dinner is a thing because women are so often the ones who are responsible Mm. for the cooking and the cleaning. And at one point, Mark just looked over at me. He like straight up side eyed me and was (laughs) like, was like, not you. So what I'm hearing is that we have to ask Mark so what's your what his excuse? girl dinner is. Yeah. You have single-handedly smashed the patriarchy. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying. But that's what made me think it's so interesting that this is such um it's such like a, a female socialized concept that even for someone like me, who absolutely <laughs> is not responsible for some of these caretaking uh obligations it's still a really like big staple in my life that i've done for the entirety of the time that i've been living independently as an adult <laughs> whether it's like i'm going to make a cheese sandwich legitimately mm-hmm. not grilled cheese just cheese and bread oh come on laura i'll <laughs> i'll at least do mac and cheese <laughs> I feel like the origin of girl dinner for a lot of us is college. If we go yeah. to college and have that yeah. experience, because like you, you just kind of have to scramble your shit together. Maybe you have like three dollars in your bank account. You're like, well, I have cheese and I have bread, but no like butter or oil to like make it a grilled cheese. So that's what's happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or like yeah. I, I, you know, I spent a summer living in New York with uh, in an apartment that hardly had any air conditioning. I'm not mm. proud of it, but there were a couple of nights where I literally just had like an ice cream cone for dinner because it was too hot to cook. Girl dinner, baby. And anything, there. anything that's cold, I will put in my body because like I need to <laughs> eat and I'm hungry, but also I'm not going to like add more heat to this living space. Yep. I've legitimately been there with like um, a banana with like a big old scoop of peanut butter smeared on it, but oh, also ice good. cream. Classic. Okay. Love. Also ice cream. Really yeah, it's ice cream. dynamic duo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I wanted to also ask you all, because we can't end this conversation without asking, what your go-to girl dinners are now that we've kind of defined what this term means. My ideal girl dinner that I... You can't say I make this. Um... <laughs> Diet Coke and a blunt. That sounds great. <laughs> you make that, you pop open the can or tw- twist open the bottle. Pour it in a cup. Roll, roll a blunt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, hit the lighter. Diet Coke and a blunt is a really nutrici- nu- nutritious, yummy girl dinner that I indulge in um, at least twice a week. What's the difference between turning on a, a lighter and turning on the gas stove? It's the same thing. That Nothing. Zero difference. Mine are. So really anything involving crackers or pretzels. So like Ritz crackers and cheese, I could go to town on those and a lot of them, not just a few. Um, also, and I do this before the show, I actually took a picture of uh, just just the ingredients um, that if Chloe, you want to use it, feel free to. But pretzel crisps, the snack, 
and uh, peanut butter. I've been, per Pam's recommendation, using Ooh. PB Fit, which is a powder peanut Ooh, butter. Yeah. You combine yes. it with water. It's it's lower Love. calories, mm-hmm. lower fat. It, it's really good, high in protein. Um, so that's been a great alternative because I do get addicted to peanut butter. I will sit there and just spoon all that into my <laughs> mouth. I really think, listeners, please, somebody challenge me to like just eat a whole jar of peanut butter in a sitting because I think I want to try, but I need a good excuse. I challenge you right now <laughs> for our social media. There you go. Done. Oh, man. Andrew, be careful. The show does not offer health insurance. And <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen to you if you eat an, a whole jar of peanut butter. That's OK. I'm getting on Pat's in 2024. So we should let's, <laughs> okay. let's do it New Year's Day. Like I'll be on Pat's health insurance and then I can easily get to the hospital yeah wait so i have a question is there a qualifying life event happening that's going to put you on his insurance (laughs) no see that's what i was thinking too laura (laughs) yes we're living into the year 2024 (laughs) and then lastly just pretzels dips and cheese or cheese on pretzels in some fashion like you think about the appetizer like at tgi fridays or something i love i love pretzels and beer cheese I always get those. Respectable. For me, cheese is like the center mm. of my girl dinner always. Um, so whether it's cheese and crackers or like cheese and bread or <laughs> cheese and I don't know, something else that I can dip it in. Pineapple. Or what, whatever. Cheese and pineapple. I don't know. I'm thinking pineapple pizzas people talk about. <laughs> That's a whole other discussion we can have. but i will say something that's maybe a healthier version of a girl dinner that i have started doing recently it's something that mark taught me actually uh vanilla protein powder with uh creamy oat milk like the creamy Mm. kind and then you do like a hefty splash of like a strawberry juice like whether it's a bolt house juice or something like that super filling better for you and it legitimately tastes like strawberry milk yum okay so that's your elevated girl dinner for when i'm feeling real classy (laughs) zane in the discord said trader joe's for girl dinners and 1000 percent agree any frozen trader joe's meal or snack is automatically girl dinner Mm -hmm. yeah i would agree with that too for me it's usually like like I have like an air popper for popcorn. So if I'm Ooh. really, really lazy, it takes like three minutes and I don't feel as bad because like I'm not like, you know, buying like the prepackaged one that has a lot of salt. It's just like the kernels in the thing and it pops <laughs> and that's it. So like popcorn and a LaCroix or um, in the summertime, if it's really hot, sometimes I'll just do a little bowl of watermelon, sprinkle some tahini on top and call it a Ooh, night. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. We also just wanted to really briefly touch on boy dinner. Like, what is a boy dinner? Like, is there a clear definition that's different from girl dinner? And so we did what we always do. We turned to Urban Dictionary for the answers. And the definition on boy dinner on Urban Dictionary is when boys make dinner, chicken breast and broccoli or chicken and rice. That's it. (laughs) That's it. Chicken breast and broccoli or chicken and rice. I also think it could be a monster energy drink and beef jerky. (laughs) I can see that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
What does so. what does crack me up about this is that I literally had chicken breast and broccoli today via factor, a preheated meal, and I did not plan that this way. Oh, via factor? That's Factored. even that's like way more. That's boy dinner. That's like gym bro dinner. Well, they're a sponsor on MuggleCast right now. So Right, no, slay. <laughs> Get that bag. I just wow. <laughs> And then chicken and rice, the other one under the boy dinner definition, we've been making our own Chipotle bowls recently. That's what I'm having for dinner tonight. Oh, okay. I'm really excited. And that's <laughs> chicken and rice and, you know, other things too. But so I, I actually, I this, this re- I can relate deeply to this boy dinner <laughs> definition today, especially because I'm literally having both today. One other thing really quick we wanted to mention. So Popeye's, the fast food chain, they actually jumped in on this and they launched their own girl dinner menu. (laughs) You can actually go on their website and there's a girl dinner tab on on the menu. And it's got six options for you to choose from. Homestyle mac and cheese, Cajun fries, mashed potatoes with Cajun gravy, red beans and rice, coleslaw and biscuits. That sounds great. A la carte. <laughs> okay. Slay for Popeyes. I want Chick-fil-A to do this. I know. Controversial. Oh. Well, it's not Pride Month anymore, so it's fine. <laughs> so fuck the gays. No. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Just kidding. This was such a great episode. You really won over our audience, and then you say that. It's all over. If you don't... <laughs> I have said so many things that if you don't like me, you already don't like me. And if you love me, which obviously you do, then it's fine. But Chick-fil-A... If they came out with this, I would it would be a problem for me. Just make it yourself there. Chloe would smash. There are some places that don't have to like Jack in the Box, I think, is just girl dinner. Overall. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And they're so open true. 24 hours. So they get like bonus points for that. That's when you're going to make the most unhinged combination at the Jack in the Jack in the Box drive through. I, they currently have Snoop's Munchie Meal, which I go. call that a girl dinner. It's a I variety cannot, of things. I cannot with the celebrity collab fast food thing that's been yeah. happening in the last I think that's year and a so, half. That's such brilliant marketing. It is, but I, I like it. There's something that like I yeah. have an aversion to it. Today's episode has been a lot of fun, and coming up in after dark today. We're actually going to continue the discussion around food. We're going to look at millennial diet culture and norms versus Gen Z diet culture and norms and uh, what diet culture we remember when we were growing up, what our parents were trying to follow or following, what books they're buying, all that. So it'll be an interesting discussion. And we're going to talk about our school lunches, too. That's going to be a lot of fun. That's all coming up at patreon.com slash millennial. Our Patreon is where you can support us and get loads of benefits in return, including After Dark, which is attached to the main show with ad-free millennial in Mega Millennial every week. And you can add a special feed that you get to your favorite podcast apps. Spotify coming soon. Pretty darn soon, actually. Hopefully within a few weeks, you'll be able to access Patreon benefits right within Spotify. Many other benefits we won't talk about today. Patreon.com slash millennial. We really, really appreciate your support. And by the way, Apple Podcast users, if you're not currently pledged via Patreon, you can pledge via the Apple Podcast app. There's a subscribe button when you tap into the show and you can get Mega Millennial right within Apple Podcasts. All right, it's time for some recommendations. What do you got for us, Laura? 
I actually have a Netflix recommendation, which is kind of shocking because we have been shitting on Netflix lately, rightfully so. But this is a good one, y'all. They clone Tyrone. This came out on Friday. Okay, it's good. We watched it over the weekend. It was so hilarious and at the same time really deep with the social commentary really really good it stars jamie fox john boyega and tiana paris as the principal characters but it's also got a pretty stacked cast so highly recommend it i heard it described today actually as like grown-up (laughs) scooby-doo in a way um so it was just a really cool movie again kind of like barbie i feel like it's a movie i have to see again And this is the kind of content that I wish Netflix was putting out more good, original content. Laura, watch (laughs) my wreck from a couple of weeks ago. The Diplomat. You're going to like it. (laughs) It's on my list. Okay. It's on my list. Wow. We found uh, a new relationship (laughs) with Netflix in recent weeks. (laughs) We'll see. It's still on the rocks. (laughs) I want to recommend Figo Pet Insurance. I am proud to say I'm finally I finally have pet insurance for Brooklyn. Um, especially get this if it's through Costco because through Costco you get an extra fifteen percent off your monthly premium, and there's also an additional monthly discount if you're enrolling more than one pet. And I think that was five percent. Um, so that was nice. We enrolled bro- both Brooklyn and Finn to give people a sense of how much this costs. Uh, Brooklyn, who's nine years old, fifty five a month. And I even splurged a little bit on the coverage. That's the better version of the coverage. And then Finn's, who's six months old, he's 37 a month. I We have both used the insurance. It was very easy. Through their app, you submit a photo of the receipt. They then do either a bank deposit to you or um, will cut you a check for the amount that they cover. So I've been very impressed with this service so far. And while I'm on the... Um, subject of looking out for your pets and Costco, because this is clearly a Costco fan fan account. When are they sponsoring us? I know. It's all we talk about. But people are really (laughs) missing out if if they don't have a Costco membership. You can get pet prescriptions through Costco. And I did this for Brooklyn's flea tick and worm prevention medicine. Just a, a week a week or two ago, it saved $35 compared to getting it through the vet. So definitely check that out. Um, they don't have everything like a normal vet would. I don't think I might be wrong, but I think they're also willing to order uh, medicine for you. Um, they did have my medicine on site. So that was nice. I wanted to recommend Fourth Wing by Rebecca Yaros. This book has so much hype surrounding it. So obviously I had to read it. And um, my library acquired a bunch of different copies like after the demand skyrocketed. So I was able to get my hands on this pretty quick. I'm about halfway through right now because I'm kind of like savoring it and really enjoying it so far. It's fantasy, but it's really easy to get into if you're not super big on that genre like I am. I would describe it very loosely as how to train your dragon meets the hunger games. Oh my God. Yes. So that's fun. Yeah. Basically what this book is about, it it follows this girl named Violet whose mother is um, a captain in the dragon rider army. She's a general. She's like, the most notorious one. And she thought all her life that she was going to um, pursue basically being like a historian. 
But because her mother is like big in the military, she forces her to enroll in Rider Academy. And it's really cutthroat. Basically, like you either live through graduation to become a dragon rider or you die. And oh my God. Yeah. And her family is also like she's got a huge target on her back because of her mom and specifically because her mom was the one who ordered the execution on everybody who tried to like rise against the government and all of the rebels like executed rebels children are forced to enter writer academy to become writers as like penance for their parents trying to like overthrow the government so anyway it's really really good there's a little bit of like an en- enemies to lover will they won't they storyline too so a little something for Love. the romance girls out there and yeah i'm just having so much fun reading this so if you're able to snag a copy um you should do that i hear that they're kind of hard to come by depending on where you are and if not you should uh go put it on hold at your library and uh, read it whenever your hold comes up. Okay. Well, while you were talking, I purchased that. So, oh, I hope you enjoy it. Please uh, keep me posted. Oh, I mentioned, I, sorry, I meant to mention earlier while we're on the subject of purchasing things. While we were talking about Barbie, I bought a certain hat. I'm not going to say what it is because I don't want to spoil people who haven't seen it yet, but it involves the I am enough talk oh. we were. Um, oh, so, I love yeah, that. I bought a hat. It's like tie dye. I can't wait. I cannot wait for you to send me a selfie so that I can then post it. My recommendation is Barbie related. I thought I'd stay on theme. If you want to watch the classic Barbie movies straight to DVD, like I said, there are 42 of them. The only ones worth watching are Princess, Charm School, and Above. Okay? Don't bother with the others. They're not good. Well, they're fine, but they're not as good. Um... They're available for free on this totally legal and totally authorized site. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> it's, it's giving movies. sketch. Sorry, go ahead. Okay, so, well, I was going to give a disclaimer. Princessmovies.to. There will be pop-ups. <laughs> you will see anime titties. Just exit out of the pop-ups and you'll be able to watch all these movies for free. Free. And they also have like other princess movies as well, if that's your shtick. Um, but I love this site. I pretty much use it every other day. My computer is fine, has not caught any malware. If you're on a Windows or PC, like good luck. But if you're on a Mac, you'll be fine. There might be an easy workaround because I have an ad blocker on. I'm not seeing any. Yeah, there you go. On the, yeah, I'm not seeing any titties at all. No titties for you. No <laughs> anime titties. That could be my titty filter, actually. But I think I think <laughs> it's the ad blocking filter. Yes. Yeah, so do the ad blockers. Um, but it, I love this site. <laughs> There's like straight up Disney <laughs> movies on here, too. I'm seeing Enchanted no, 2, yeah. Turning Red, no, no, no. The Little Mermaid. Like you don't even need Disney Plus. Like just use this site. <laughs> Wow. (laughs) Well, make sure you're following Millennial in your favorite podcast app so you can keep track of our impending uh, lawsuit against Hollywood. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Leave us a review in Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can also write to the show by emailing millennialshow at gmail.com or by using the contact form or anonymous confessional on millennialshow.com. And follow us on social media, which Chloe runs so well for us. We are a millennial show on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and Threads, which added a following tab today, and I'm pretty happy with it. Loved your review. Oh, thank you. Thank you. (laughs) 
got a bunch of likes. I'm a hit over on threads. And you are a hit. <laughs> over on TikTok, we are Millennial Pod. And then Chloe, one more time, where can people find you? Y'all can find me on Instagram and TikTok primarily. I am also on threads, but <laughs> you can follow me at Chloe Leverson. It's just my name. I'm the only person with my name and really Googleable. So <laughs> shouldn't be too hard to find me. <laughs> we'll have a link in the show notes as well. After Dark starts in a moment for patrons and Apple Podcast subscribers. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I'm the earring Ken that comes with earrings for girls to wear. Oh, my God. We're introducing ourselves as characters. I was not introduced or I was not prepared for this. I think I'm going to be. At, I am weird Barbie. <laughs> That's me. Well, I'm obviously <laughs> reporter Barbie. So that was easy. There we go. <laughs> Get it. You know, I think I'm probably stereotypical Barbie. (laughs) No shame in the game, baby. No shame. Thanks, Chloe, for joining us. Thanks, everybody, for listening. See you next time. Bye. 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 Bye.